0: Hello and welcome to Episode 7 of the Hashtag Product Design Podcast. As always, for those of you who don't know or couldn't guess by the title, this is a series of talks where I'll be picking the brains of industry experts exploring different topics within product and design. I have the pleasure of being joined today by Lena Cole. and today we'll be exploring the topics of Miro as a business and how it's contributing to the design community and also what level of design craft is required to work at Miro currently. Lena, again, pleasure having you on here. Please could you start by giving a quick overview of your career so far.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's a big pleasure, for sure. So, um, yeah, basically, it's been uh, quite an interesting journey. I started, as most of the people started, I guess, in tech recruitment, hiring backend engineers and going through this tough part of the business. It's been fun, (laughs) uh, definitely. This is where you truly, you know, find the skill of selecting without knowing what you're actually looking for, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, that I got to know. It's been very interesting, but then I got an opportunity at N26 to actually go as the sole recruiter into the design and build up the team. We were in the hyper growth. So within the year, we scale from 20 people to 60 people, starting from mid-level, you know, ending up at the director level pretty much. Um, and truly, yeah, I found my passion in design was really, really interesting. I got to join all the rituals. I got to actually understand what the good portfolio means, what the not-so-good portfolio means as well, what really differentiates those mm-hmm. things. Um, and afterwards, um, you know, smoothly, I moved into Miro. Uh, Miro was also in the hyper growth. Um, we didn't scale as much yet still double the team within the year. So it was an yeah. effort of the small design team. So I also got... A chance to actually lead the efforts of several people which has been just an amazing experience and so now I am leading the design hiring across leadership and also IC roles at Mira in Berlin and Amsterdam.
0: Cool well yeah look obviously uh, I know I know you very well um, but yeah it's good to get an overview of obviously your career so far as well um, yeah look I, I think we we shared the same sort of path into uh, into tech recruitment let's say I, I too started off in, in engineering and found i think probably about two years ago really a passion for well, a transition into design recruitment obviously it's slightly different i know you've been internally recruiting for for companies i'm obviously an external partner um but yeah i think i, I certainly share the same passion for you in, in product and design recruitment um i certainly enjoyed my transition into it and uh yeah i think it's a it's a very exciting industry to be in right now for sure <laughs> um, yeah definitely but yeah, look, um i know you mentioned obviously miro's growth so far um i pulled some statistics before we uh before we jumped on just to just to give an example of a few bits um so i think you know in total i think you guys have grown by 328 percent in the last two years which is pretty pretty good going i would say um with over a thousand employees and 11 hubs across the world right now. Um, funding wise, I think the last um was series c in 400 million um having a total of 476 million now which is uh, again very good going for sure um and i think the most notable thing point i wanted to make really was i think since april 2020 um you've increased your user base by over 500 percent from 5 million to 35 million now um i think there's no coincidence necessarily um obviously mirror is a great product it's very innovative but i think it's no coincidence that covid obviously had a big impact. I think you know, April 2020 was pretty much bang on, certainly yeah. in the UK when, when it first sort of hit, and we all went into lockdown and had to work from home. Mira obviously offering a very collaborative space to, to be able to to do you know lots of things from a remote working space certainly, and I think it's no no coincidence that those numbers have obviously come from that as well. And COVID actually had a very positive impact on on your user base for sure. Um, but yeah, um, in terms of the topics you wanted to cover off today, obviously certainly Miro as a business um, contributes to the design community. Um, I think Miro has obviously grown massively as, we have, as we've discovered in those statistics. Um, I think it is very helpful, not only in the design community, I think it's very helpful across different spaces, but obviously design community being the most relevant to us today. Um, so yeah, first sort of question or topic wanted to cover off was you know what's what's your viewpoint at the moment um what's the contribution of Miro in the design community through the product right now
1: yeah definitely that's a very good question because indeed lots of people actually perceive Miro as a design tool which is not necessarily how we are ourselves and this is not necessarily the entire functionality that we offer but you know as a person who is hiring designers I have not had even one call in one and a half years when the designer didn't know Miro didn't use Miro and say, I love Mirror. So there is definitely, you know, a very strong correlation of the output of the design work and Mirror as the tool where they bring everyone together and really kind of, you know, find um, that collaboration point. But I think what's really great that Mirror is one of those products that's not only, you know, talking to the users that pay for the licenses and enterprise accounts, mm-hmm. It's truly the community, right? And so the good example for it would be Mirrorverse. If you are a designer or an agile coach or user researcher and you came up with a very good template, for example, that you believe will bring the value to the rest Mm -hmm. of the the rest of the 35 million people who signed up, you can actually upload it into Mirrorverse, right? And everyone can pick it up, leave um, kind of feedback and truly, you know, improve that. And I find it so useful and so amazing. And there are always kind of, you know, topics of like, you know, the best template for the week. And then there is a little bit, not the competition, more like a reward and acknowledgement of the best effort done. And I think that's, that's what makes it really, really interesting to be a part of the Mirror community. At the same time, I think, it's just so great that lots of the feedback from users is not necessarily being only searched proactively but lots of designers and user researchers come back to us people who truly know the topic people who in other products as well and they say hey you know it's great but like how about this and how about that and for us it's not just you know oh let's talk to users but never do anything about it right we take it seriously our roadmap is so fluid in that regard right because we are building the product for the users. We're an extremely design driven company. I think that's how we bring actually that most mm. of the to the design community. And the third aspect, what I see is just so, how many people get a chance to, you know, have this platform for talking, for, you know, just getting to know each other and really collaborating together from the design world because of Miro. So that's pretty great as well
0: yeah definitely i think um i think a really interesting concept certainly from a design perspective and i think why so many people want to work for miro um at the moment is because it gives them a chance to essentially be the designer of a tool that they're also the customer of right Um, and it's very very rare that someone would get a chance to work on that um because you know there's tons of tons of really cool products out there across different industries but it's, it's extremely rare unless you work for Miro, Figma, or you know some uh, one of the other design tools. Let's say um, you don't get the chance to really build something that you're going to be using on a on a daily basis. And I think yeah, certainly the community perspective, you know, the Miroverse. Um, I think trying to build a separate community has been so effective with with products out there at the moment. If they can build an internal community um, as well, it's so effective in building in increasing user base, increasing. Um, obviously revenue as a product as well but just generally building that community out is certainly a really big aspect for sure um now look obviously Miro isn't the only you know design tool collaborative tool out there um there's plenty plenty that have are existing there's plenty who have tried and maybe failed um I think there are certainly I think since Miro and since other innovative products within design have come out there's a lot of other you know, companies, people, entrepreneurs are trying to build similar tools that are going to do the same thing. So, what do you think differentiates Miro currently from other design tools in, in the collaboration space? Let's say,
1: yeah, that's a very good question. And I must tell you, Matt, everyone is asking me this question. Like, it's so often that, you know, yeah. design that we're having a conversation always say, okay, why you're not Figma, for example, why you're yeah. not Pro? um and did, right, it's like two years ago, collaboration space wasn't the sector of the business, right? There were mm. a few people like, you know, a few companies like Miro in Europe pretty much, Yeah, right? that was it. And now, all of a sudden, that's like the entire industry, right? Microsoft mm. is going in, Atlas is yeah. going in, Figma has released the Fig Jam. The biggest differentiation of Mirror, as I see, and how we position ourselves as well, as I already said, we're not a design tool, right? We're not yeah. a tool just for designers, and I'll you example, Uh, mirror is being used by academia. And I personally got to actually speak to some of the professors that actually involved mirror into the flow of the Mm. education of their um, subjects or whatsoever. And so they said, it was so amazing to see that the students with literally zero experience of using any collaboration tools, Mm. tools before that, that they would just jump in without any onboards, and they would just start collaborating and moving those stickers together, right? And really kind of finding it not only useful, but also fun, because fun is a big part of the yeah. connection to Mira, right? And you can say that by how it looks like and how it feels like. Not only academia as well, we're quite proud, actually, that Mira is being used as an enterprise account by Pfizer, right? So you can also see that in such Know serious and very, you know, heavy sciences and heavy uh, sectors of the business. um, You know, people also find the usefulness of Mirror, right? And you find the use case to actually, you know, elaborate on the value of Mirror. And so we can also tell that, you know, to some extent, the Pfizer vaccine probably has been kind of, you know, created with the help of Mirror, right? Mm -hmm. Probably they've been just, uh, you know, just brainstorming or looking for something there. So that's pretty great because if you've ever tried to send the link of, you know, any other collaboration to like Figma, for example, right, to anyone who hasn't been involved in the cross-functional tool, you will see that people do struggle, right, the experience not necessarily as accessible, right, and accessibility is a huge topic that we are speaking about today, right now, because we want to make sure that, you know, out of 1.5 billion knowledge employees, there is none of the people who can actually not be onboarded, to mirror and actually, you know, gain um all the value from this product. And so we're yeah. quite proud that we are seeing that lots of people from people team, marketing, customer mm. success, whatsoever, they actually jump in together, creating their team spaces and collaborating.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think um obviously when I speak to people about mirror or whether they've used mirror before, generally, you know, yes it's i think it's most commonly associated with design um but in saying that it's clear to see that you guys have managed to attract an audience that you know is completely outside of design now in in Pfizer and obviously in in academia as well um it's clear to see yeah and i think the I think a big topic I spoke about with Alex Dupont in my last podcast was, you know, how we talk about fintech specifically um, and and how why, you know, the new fintech businesses or products are are better than the traditional ones. And he he said that, you know, the key point is about simplifying the difficult task or simplifying, making accessible and simplifying things that are quite complex. And I think that's clearly what Mira have done as well is is simplified for for people that have never had, you know, never used tools like this or been able to, as, as you mentioned, in universities and things like that. Um, the ability to jump on and not really have to have an onboarding, a long onboarding, or be able to um, you know, take time to get used to the tool um, is is key. Um, in terms of Miro, um, a question I wanted to ask you, Lena, was obviously you know you've, you probably speak to uh, as well as I do, you speak to candidates all the time, but you're specifically talking about Miro every every time you speak to candidates. Yeah. Um, now we we know how competitive the design market is currently, um, <laughs> and there's you know every every candidate you speak to certainly at the top level they have many things they're potentially considering i think the more passive candidates who might not be looking at all might not really be you know actively looking or might not be speaking to other other people but generally they'll know people in the community or working at you know meta or whatsapp or, you know the, the bigger the bigger the biggest companies out there um how do you sell miro to them
1: <laughs> yeah that's a very good question right i um I think, you know, truly translating the love for product, you know, your love for product and the team's love of product is one of the things that I always do and we always do, because indeed, you know, if you're not passionate about the product space, you just won't have all the fun that you can, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, just the environment of mirror is so passionate, so driven and so full of love because love is indeed the word that everyone says when we speak about our product. So this is something that we try and tr- to translate truly and kind of, you know, showing what kind of impact on that product they can have, right? And what is their Mirror journey within the product yeah. development, right? Because lots of um, recruiters and hiring managers actually underappreciated a lot you know, showing and truly translating that specific person's impact, right? They're trying to feed people into the role that may not necessarily be feeding them, right? Mm -hmm. They're not on the strengths. And so this is what we... This is what we're trying to avoid right we always say that your journey should be the journey of your lifetime right either it's a starting point to the company that you want to like you know go afterwards The starting point for your own business that you want to really learn all the you know good things and to do's and, and all the dawns of the business as well Whatever you prefer, but we want you to have that, you know, amazing start of your career with Mira, right? Um, and so this is what we're trying to translate. At the same time, I think the community. I I'm also like, you know, I'm hesitant to call it the team because it's truly a community. There is so much passion and so much collaboration, kind of, you know, just driving throughout, you know, Amsterdam office and Berlin office, and also Yerevan hub, where all the cross-functional teams and all the designers also spread across yeah. and so together. Um, I think design rituals and truly kind of, you know, this strong, you know, passion for knowledge sharing and truly improving, right, given that um, direct but very well thought uh, through feedback, right, Mm. we're always trying to make sure that as we hire every person who comes in into the company, not only kind of, you know, meeting that amazing level of craft that we have, but actually raising it, right, Mm. so each and every hire, you will see those people coming in from the biggest and the best companies in the world. And there is always something to learn. It doesn't matter from which business you came from. It doesn't matter how mm. many years you've been working on, right? Um, on some products or on your leadership skills or whatever. There is always something for you to learn. There is always something for you to take um, from your community and design team yeah. as well. And I think the third thing as well, that's, that's very great is truly, you know, kind of the opportunity of, you know, attaching your name to the Mirror name um, in regards that so many designers from our team actually go into the conferences, um, go into the podcast, mm. go into the meetup, and they always bring Mirror as an example, and they show how they're using this powerful tool to actually make the products, maybe even other products better, right? And I mm. think it's so great that Mirror is truly the platform for them to kind of, you know, upskill their, um, you know, these parts of the skill set that they have it
0: yeah definitely i think a key key point you made of the first point there is obviously trying to create the the best journey for the people that are going to join um i think a common mistake that the companies make certainly when they have high expectations of the people they want to bring in is they have a very strong or strict definition of what they want this person to do for them right um and i think we're we're in a world now where the best people uh you know, they want the flexibility, they want the freedom, they want the ownership in their role. They want to be able to paint their own or pave their own pathway into the future that they want. Um, and if you, you know, if companies want the best people, they're going to have to accept that, you know, they're going to have to you know, really work together with these people and to, to get them to where they want to be because there are so many other businesses that might might be doing this, i.e. Miro. Um, I think I had the same conversation with Alex last week because we spoke about how to build a successful design team. Um, and a lot of it was about understanding the person's motivations more so than what you need them to do. <laughs> um, because that's how, again, that's how you you obtain them in the first place and that's how you keep them there as well. Um, but yeah, um, no, it's, it's, it's interesting to, to know your, your personal opinion, obviously your opinion on how you sell the, the company to people. Cause you know, you, you speak to, you know, some of the biggest people from the biggest companies um and you know they've probably got options <laughs> coming out you know left right and center that they could potentially consider but it's it's good to know how you differentiate yourself um now the, the next question i went to ask you Elena, was how do you really at mirror build a feeling of belonging internally for for ux research and also product design
1: yeah i mean there is there is a lot uh you know still to be done um as the team has grown as i said right like when yeah. i drew- it was like a team of 15 designers, <laughs> yeah. 45 of us. It's pretty great to see. Um I think one of the biggest things that we are going for right now and what we've been doing remotely, but now doing a little bit more in the hybrid mode is that we're going for the half days. And so the idea of the half day is not that okay, come back to the office, sit at your chair, you know, and then go back yeah. home and that's it. Um, because surely, you know, at Miro, we see a, a big value of college and college is the strongest asset actually that we have here internally. And I must tell you, you could really tangibly, uh, you know, feel it, how strong it is. Yeah. Powerful it is, and it's like one of the most amazing feelings in the world. And so what we're doing right now is you know, special for design and user research team, we are defining what are the activities that we need to kind of you know bring in to make sure that those hub days really have this positive impact um, on the design community within Mira, right? Be it design sprints, be it you know some of the certain workshops offsites or anything like that where people really have this very creative face-to-face time together when they don't just sit at the desks, but Mm. really kind of you know sharing ideas, you know, sketching together using Mirror. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say,
0: off.
1: yeah. Using <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mirror. Yeah. Uh, and uh, definitely, you know, having that opportunity for them to come together and get to know each other as well, right? Because quite mm-hmm. often you also see a person, you know, through Zoom for five months and then you don't recognize each other. In the office. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, exactly. That's yeah. happened um, a lot. <laughs> but I also think, you know, the biggest the biggest um, kind of step that we also have been doing so far and uh, we have been hiring those leaders that truly understand how to bring the team together, right? Because 10 people who report in one person is not necessarily a team, right? So a group of people becomes a team, right? And so truly for us, it's very important that this leader can translate the vision you know where we're going. How this specific person is contributing to that no star goal or the OKR okay of the quarter, right? Mm-hmm. What is the impact of this specific person on the business, right? And we truly, you know, a very important for us is to quantify the impact of of, uh, of design on the business, right? Not just say, oh, that's a beautiful wireframe. People yeah. like, right? Yeah. <laughs> say, okay, this is what's gonna happen if we implement that. And I think this is pretty amazing because we got to hire some of the most amazing um, design leaders from great companies like Facebook, um, like, you know, Zalando um, in Berlin, like Microsoft, right? And so on and so forth. And so the the list goes on and it's definitely pretty amazing to see how those people really bring all the designers together and finding very special ways for very special kind of, you know, hubs, different hubs to bring them together and really kind of, you know, create this feeling of belonging because indeed there is no one solution fits all, right? Yeah,
0: exactly, yeah.
1: For designers from different product streams, you know, they're so versatile and so different and so mm. creative uh we also need to be creative for the ways how they actually come together
0: yeah definitely i, I think diversity in design teams is is so key isn't it because not only from, you know, from different backgrounds, from, you know, different genders, yeah, everything that comes into diversity, but diversity in, in different product streams, as you mentioned, I think people coming from different companies working in different ways um, is so key to building uh, a very successful design team, as long as everyone can collaborate effectively, you know, as long as there's not too many egos in the team, of course, um, I think it is is the key to success, um, for sure. I think um, moving on to our, our next topic, Lena, um, in terms of Miro, look, I mean, as you as you well said there's people coming from the best companies around the world to to join miro um i know from speaking to you directly design craft is obviously a big thing that you you look for and at a very high level um i know you mentioned yeah, your pathway into design and you got to from speaking to hiring managers and got to really learn what a good portfolio looks like, what good design work, design craft looks like from from viewing portfolios and things like that. Um so yeah for, for everyone listening, I think I asked most people on this podcast a question, um certainly hiring managers of course, but um what do you what are you generally looking for when someone sends their CV, someone sends their portfolio in, what really grabs your attention about a person if, if from their portfolio, let's say?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. And I'm, I'm being asked about it quite often, even from the hiring managers while we're aligning, right? Just to make yeah. sure, you know, we all mean the same things while saying good portfolio because design is so subjective, isn't exactly. it?
0: Exactly. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs>
1: What's good for one isn't good for another one. But there are definitely some of the basics that I think, you know, can be met. First of all, we're definitely looking at the structure of the portfolio, right? We don't mind yeah. whose format, it is also. Frankly speaking, who has time now in the business? I agree. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah. So we yeah. also, you know, we're very realistic with what we can get from the, from the candidate, yeah. right? So be it PDF or a Figma file or whatever website, we're absolutely flexible on that. But we're definitely looking for a problem definition, right? So like, what was the problem space? Yeah, on? of course. Yeah. You know, we want to see the clear process, right? Your specific involvement in this process, right? We want to see, did you conduct some user research, right? What is that data that you base your kind of solution mm-hmm. on? We definitely want to see a little bit of the collaboration, however it's presented, right? Like, oh, we did the workshop, right? Or I asked for the opinion of the engineers. For us, it's mm-hmm. very important that a designer is able, um, you know, to build actual designs that are scalable and visible from the technical perspective and not just mm-hmm. again, beautiful button, let's just, yeah. And we definitely want to see also a conclusion, right? Some of the next steps, right? Like some of the learnings or whatsoever. So this is kind of the structure of the case study that we're looking for. But honestly, the biggest part for us as well is, you know, seeing a little bit of the user research data. We definitely want to make sure that the person is capable of conducting it. We yeah. do want to see some screens, but if the case study is just filled with screens, it gives this yeah. right yeah right? Yeah. Have you taken all these, uh, you know, parts of the screens from some other design systems or have you built it? Or mm. maybe you have an internal design system. Yeah. Those are the things that we definitely pay attention to. And lastly, and I think this is the biggest fact, right? You can be a great designer and it still may not be a match because... To be the leader on the market, which we are, we look for the most creative craft, right? Mm -hmm. We want to open up a portfolio and just, you know, see something that we've never seen before, right? Some of the interesting designs, uh, you know, some of the interesting color combinations, Mm-hmm. some of the interesting fans. it can be anything honestly right we're so open-minded but we definitely want to see that part of the creativity that could really kind of you know bring mirror to the very next level
0: yeah definitely definitely yeah. i completely agree with all your points the reason why i laughed about the uh, the screenshots part was because i've had this conversation probably across every single episode that I've, I've had um it's it's such a common mistake that i see people make I've, I've made i made a video on linkedin about what needs to be in a portfolio and pretty much mirrored everything you said there. i think the, the difference is obviously the the standing out part um i think obviously as you said design is so subjective i think something that looks amazing to me on a screen might look completely different to you it might, might look awful to you um but yeah i think um Certainly, the screenshots part. Certainly, the breaking down the full process part is so such a, a key thing that everyone, you know, every designer should do if they're applying to a job. I think um, unless you know the company, unless you know people from there, or have worked from with people from there, and there's quite an easy way in. I think every designer should at least be able to structure their portfolio in a way that's clear, that defines the, as you said, the problem that they were solving. You know, the discovery phase in, in detail, um, what what the decisions were based off of, what. Actual involvement they had in the specific work, so I think that's a, another key problem that people don't highlight enough. Is what did you actually do for this particular yeah. part? <laughs> because they might mention it, they might mention what happened after, but we don't know, you know, whether they whether they worked on it, whether it was a team of people that worked on it, how yeah. much involvement they specifically had in that. And I think what every designer, who if they're listening to this, or what every designer should do is put themselves in the hiring manager's shoes. um put themselves in in the position of right if i looked at my portfolio from a hiring manager's perspective right now would i would i hire myself um and i think a lot of the a lot of the time people would probably say no not really because i don't really understand what i've actually done and i think i completely get where when you mentioned you know the best the best people on the market at the moment or the best people generally in design might not have time to really keep their portfolio up to date or have all their up-to-date um work on there but i yeah you know, from speaking to hiring managers in the market no one's asking for everything you know no one wants to see your you know if you've worked in 10 if you worked 10 plus years in the design market they don't want to see your you know full 10 years of work they just want to see maybe one or two selected case studies as up to date as possible um but your maybe your favorite ones or maybe the best things you've worked on and really see what what you did there and understand you as a designer and, and how you worked in that um but yeah there, there are certainly common mistakes that i see in in portfolios for sure as we mentioned um um, so, other than what we've discussed so far, um, is there anything else that you think designers could do to attract the attention of the likes of Miro or, or similar companies? Because you know, as we mentioned, Meta, you know, Microsoft, companies like this. I, I hear a lot of people say, you know, I'm, I'm in the process with these guys, and I'm, I'm applying yeah. to them and interviewing with them, which is great. You know, I think everyone should try. You know, I think it, even if you don't get the job, I think it's a learning process because you know you're trying to to work for the best companies, but Um, A lot of the time they fail um, and they don't know why, but what what do you think designers could potentially do better to attract the interest or maybe do better in the industry process with the likes of yourselves or those similar companies?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a very good question. And I think it's not only on designers who are going through the processes, but also on the companies who them, right. Um, And it's always a balance, but uh, if I were a design candidate or what I could suggest to design candidates, first of all, as we've spoken about, right, like a portfolio, as you said, and I so agree with you, thousand percent. I do not need a see, to see a portfolio of six case studies across <laughs> the like last ten years. Like yeah. I will like not be checking all of them. First of all, right? No yeah, one
0: exactly. Time. Yeah.
1: The two most recent, or most impactful, or most technical, most complex. Mm. This is more than enough, right? Just spend time on one amazing case study, and you will be seen, right? Mm. Clean CV as well. To be honest, sometimes I open up a CV of a designer, and I cannot see information. I'm like, well, this is so user
0: unfriendly right yeah 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 exactly exactly. i I I think um i think some some designers don't understand a lot of the time that it puts it puts hiring managers off you know if your if your CV's if your cv is not presentable user-friendly or your portfolio is not user-friendly then no matter what else you can provide or how well you are doing the interview you know sometimes it's that those are the things they look at and as you said you know no one has time to look through these things a lot I think a lot what people don't understand is that hiring managers and recruiters like ourselves we might review tens to hundreds of portfolios per position that we're looking for and unfortunately you know people don't have the time to just assume that you're a good designer based off where you work or something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, sorry, I interrupted. Go back to what you no, were sorry. saying.
1: <laughs> I'm so aligned with you. And I also, I'm not saying to make it perfect, right? Yeah. Once again, it's also it's a very hot market right now. And indeed the companies need the talent, but you know, let's remember Pareto rules and to 20, right. Put a little bit more effort in it. Make it last, but better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It. Give it to a friend and let them read, right. <laughs> yeah. Research, right. It's yeah. so, to make those things second of all i think what's very important is sometimes the candidate do not prepare for the interviews right so truly you know if you didn't get the the focus of the interview right what is the next round ask for it right we all people recruiters also people sometimes you work with a very professional experienced recruiter sometimes you work with a very junior recruiter who yeah. might have not received the focus of this round and they don't feel obligated to actually go and practice or find out and give it to you and brief you on that yeah um round so definitely you know asking about that um and the third thing this is a little bit of the secret uh you know strategy that i'm super happy to to share with anyone but i think you know the world is so well connected right we're all on linkedin we'll have lots of people in the network working in literally pretty much any company of the world right so i think not going you know probably even directly and applying for a job but finding out someone who's working in this company and getting mm-hmm. a little- more of the understanding, you know, what is going on there, getting connected to the hiring manager, even personal, right? This is such a strong personal touch. It shows your dedication. It shows that you, you know, you're crisp on the ways of solving your problems and fighting those ways, right? And I think, when candidates do that plus put the effort a little bit in the application materials that just makes such a huge difference
0: yeah no i completely agree i think preparing for an interview is so so important i think i think sometimes egos might get in the way um i think sometimes lack of interest is probably a, a part of it as well i think certainly it matters how you know uh, similar to me and you lane i think every every position you've interviewed for in in your life um from the outside looking in if it's not massively interesting you know you won't commit as much time into something that does look really interesting um but i think preparation is so key um and i certainly agree i think thinking outside the box because i you know you hear so many things on linkedin about people i applied to 30 jobs and only heard back from two um or something like that and whilst i think that's bad i think it's a bad statistic um i can understand why because they have so many applications going through and as we just discussed you know if your cv and portfolio don't necessarily stand out um then it, it's probably the reason why you're getting put to the side even if you are a very good designer um but yeah i think um preparing for the interview is so key and i think c- connecting on with people on linkedin is, is so easy um you know we're all connected i think i think statistically i think it's like Three point seven or four connections now, um, so you can reach anyone in the world essentially, um, <laughs> just, yeah. just just by knowing uh, three point seven or four people, um, or being able to go through that people. So it's you know it's certainly not impossible to reach the people that you want to. I think if there's genuinely an opportunity that you're really really interested in, i.e. Miro, um, you know why not? instead of applying directly to start off with, why not connect with someone like yourself? Why not connect with one of the directors of design or something like that and just say, you know, I've I've seen the position open. I'm more than happy to apply for it, but I wanted to ask you a bit more about the company, learn a bit more about it first and things like that. You know, people aren't going to shy away from that. People aren't going to be offended that you've asked them those types of questions because they can see that you're genuinely interested and want to try and try a different approach to the typical ones for sure. Um, Now, lastly... Um, just wanted to ask you in a little bit more depth um, steering away from obviously the initial application process the initial portfolio, providers you've assessed that that all looks good I know we said about preparing for the, the interview as much as possible um, I think I think some companies are a bit afraid sometimes to, uh, certainly from my perspective, what I've experienced is I asked them a bit more. So can you just provide me a bit more context about what this interview stage is going to look like? And they say, well, this, this might, might be cheating a little bit because we, we want to, you know, we want the candidates to sort of be reactive off of what we're saying. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm a bit, I don't agree with that because I think, look, we're not, we're not sitting and giving them a script of oh these are exact questions that they're going to ask you. And these are the answers you should give. It's just more of, okay, this, this is going to be a more deep dive into the leadership side of things or whatever it might be, um, just so they have some context and compare better. You, you're going to get much better output yeah. from the candidate if you give them the context of, of that. Um, but yeah, more specifically for the interview process, how do you guys certainly at Miro throughout that process assess whether someone's going to be the right person for you during that interview process but alternatively i know we had a discussion last time we spoke um about well we know this candidate's great so we have to sort of flip it and how much do we actually have to sell to this candidate now
1: (laughs) oh god it's it's a very good question to be honest this like the point of selling to the candidate instead of just assessing them, I think this is something that lots of companies will have to learn a very hard mm. way, a very I hard agree. way because they will not be able to hire anyone mm. because to be honest, I personally had a, a situation when the candidate said, hey, it's been three rounds. Um, I've done my best. You like me. I see that now, guys, you have to try and convince me that I like, <laughs> like yeah. you. And I was like... Such a strong mindset, and it is so true, right? Like this is our time to start selling to you. But basically, um to be honest, the difference of our hiring process and probably some other companies' process, it's not that the recruiter does first kind of you know building up the funnel and then screening yeah. CV and then screening candidates and passing to the hiring manager. This is the team effort from the day one, right? So the hiring managers and recruiters sourcing together all the time. Calibration for 100% of the profiles, right? Then afterwards, after the recruiter screen the candidate, we again align together with the design team, right? We never proceed because we're very thoughtful of the candidate's time and we are very thoughtful of our time. And then afterwards, after our conversation, we don't go into the craft rounds as it's quite often happens, right? But we go into the hiring manager um, call. And so basically recruiter call and the hiring manager call, they can be either the assessment calls or one of them is the assessment call, the other one is the cell call, or both of them are the cell calls. (laughs) And it really really depends, indeed, as you've said, like depending on how much interest the candidate has, Mm -hmm. how passive the candidate is, right? Because some of the candidates are lying to, it takes months to engage them. Um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I still have candidates who I reached out in the first month of my mirror time, May 2021, and just now they say, "All right, maybe." Yeah. We'll have time, because I yeah.
0: said
1: ten follow-ups throughout this time. Yeah. So um, it truly really is important. But for us, selling is not just saying oh, this is so great to join Mirror. This is the great company, right? But I think one of the major kind of things that we are providing is really the strong insight in the growth and the potential of the companies, right? Because we're not just building the collaboration tool here. We are building the next generational company. we 100 plus million customers in the following yeah. few years. And then afterwards, you know, in a few years, you're going to look back at Mirror and say, well, this is the second Microsoft or the second Atlassian or the second Facebook. Yeah. So- Salesforce or whatsoever. And I think that's very important for us to show how this person can potentially just contribute to us, kind of, you know, get in yeah. there with us as well. Because indeed, there are plenty of rounds afterwards to assess them. Let's face yeah. it, right? We we'll go for the craft round afterwards. We don't send any tasks. We do the portfolio deep dive and also we do the task on Mirror Board. So, you know, it's uh, very time efficient. It truly helps us to understand what is the craft, what is the visual skills from the portfolio that they've created, right? And once again, it's the yeah. latest and it's the most high, high, high impact um, studies. We understand the product thinking and business acumen, things like that. And then actually, as we're going to the cross-functional rounds, so again, there is a big choice, right? Is it the cell call? Or is it the assessment? Yeah. Because indeed, we need to make sure that, you know, the design also feels very excited to work with those people. And afterwards, as the leadership come, uh, rounds come in, once again, we're in front of the choice, right? Are we selling or are we yeah. assessing? And it doesn't have to be either either. Sometimes it's half half of the call. Yeah. And then afterwards, we kind of, we don't even sell. We don't like to call it selling. We just... No. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Transparent about the potential of the company. Yeah. As well as yeah. presenting but, yeah.
0: presenting the facts in the best light. Presenting
1: so. the facts, <laughs> exactly, exactly, but pretty much yeah, selling. Yeah, so, yeah it goes yeah. all the way um, long. And to be honest, as a recruiter, I meet with the candidate after each and every round, or almost after um, every round. And once again, right, we always do this temperature check: how are you feel and what are the green yeah, exactly. tags mm. and continue to sell right afterwards, yeah. passing that information to the next round to saying those are the flags of the captain can you please address it i think this yeah. is so important when the hiring team works as the team rather than the group yeah. with the hiring manager
0: yeah well i wish i wish i could work with you guys to be honest <laughs> <laughs> um because the the process you just described is literally what i you know what i try and tell every client i work with that it should look like um because it it streamlines it it becomes so much more efficient it becomes so much more you're, you're so much more aligned the whole way through because things change right you know things can change over a course of a day you know someone could interview with you one day absolutely love it and then the next day they speak to their partner for instance and their partner is not a massive fan <laughs> and that can change um but you know if you don't have that if you don't build those relationships with the candidates that you're having in the process you don't know that that's happened um and it can you know you can you guys can be really excited about this this person and be you know this yeah this our next hire really confident on this one and then it falls out for whatever reason um but i i, I really like the point that you made about how collaborative you are with the hiring manager um, i think talent acquisition itself is the core of building a successful business right the people you hire is how successful you're going to be the, the success of your hires is how successful your company's going to be at the end at the end goal and i think a lot of companies disregard how important it is to build such an, a defined um collaborative process with the recruitment and with the hiring manager um those relationships are what the key to the success of the hiring moving forwards um if you don't have that collaborative nature there a lot of things a lot of people candidates can fall out of the process for different reasons you know a lot of things can go wrong during the process if you don't have that successful relationship and although i'm an external party i try and build that type of relationship that you have with your hiring managers with the hiring manager i work with because it's so much more successful in that sense yeah. um but yeah well look i am um, i think we've uh we've covered off everything we wanted to um but yeah look I've I've loved, uh, loved speaking with you, Lena. Um, I think a lot of people that hopefully a lot of people that watch this will get a really good insight into what it takes to you know to really w- work or want to work with a company like Miro. Um, and hopefully it helps helps people understand you know what really has to go into into it. But yeah, I hope you've enjoyed yourself too, Lena. I really appreciate it.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, Matt. I've had the best time. Thank you so much. Great questions, and I uh, I really hope it's very useful for for many people for sure to get to know us a little bit better.
0: For sure, for sure, and hopefully, uh, you get some good candidates off the back of this for as sure. well. <laughs> yeah. I'll be taking referral fees though. <laughs> but yeah, no, look, again, thanks, Aina. Have a great day, and I'll, I'll catch up with you soon. Yeah.